All right, welcome back to lesson 17 in our Bible study going through the Gospel of John. I'm very excited to be back with you again. This is Bible Braced, and you are hopefully following along with the study and have done Intro to Bible Study as well as lessons 1 through 16, and that will bring you up to date with where we're at today. We are going through the Gospel of John. We have covered a lot of territory And our last episode dealt with the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness by Satan, leading into the calling of the first disciples, which is exciting. And so we left off with John 1, 35. It says that John was standing with two of his disciples. This is John the Baptist. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. And we found out last time we were reading this that this was later in the day. It was only a couple hours before sunset. And then verse 40 says, one of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, so you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. So things are going on here with Peter's name, which is kind of interesting, just to kind of break it down a little bit. It says here as a footnote in our MacArthur Study Bible, up to this time, Peter had been known as Simon, son of John, which is interpreted Simon, son of Jonah in some translations, because the Aramaic means John of that Hebrew name. The term Cephas means rock in Aramaic, which is translated Peter in Greek. Jesus' assignment of the name Cephas or Peter to Simon occurred at the outset of his ministry. The statement not only is predictive of what Peter would be called, but also declarative of how Jesus would transform his character and use him in relationship to the foundation of the church. We'll get into this more in depth in the future, but Peter is being named Rock, essentially, um, which is kind of interesting. And Jesus is doing that intentionally from the beginning of his relationship with Peter. So that's kind of cool. So let's take a step back here for a second, because we have just come from the baptism of Jesus by John the Baptist. We have now had the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness And we're looking at him really interacting with his first disciples. And we see that these are, at least one of them is Andrew, who goes to get his own brother. And this one is interacting with Jesus in verses 40 through 42. Now, the next section in John that we're in goes into verse 43. It says, on the next day, he wanted to depart for Galilee and he found Philip. And the reason why I want to kind of wait for a second and think about these things is these men are down apparently where John the Baptist is down where he's been baptizing, which as we know is several days journey from Galilee. And I just think that's kind of interesting, especially since a lot of these men are from the same area of Galilee. And so they are down here where John the Baptist is. 
So I think that, you know, we don't know for sure. We're not told. But as we're thinking through this, it could be that they were down here because of the teaching of John the Baptist to kind of see what was going on. They believed in his teaching enough to be following him because we see in verses, let's see here. Yeah, it says in verse 35, on the next day again, John the Baptist was standing there and two of his disciples looking at Jesus as he was walking by, he said, so Andrew is a disciple of John the Baptist. And that to me just shows the willingness there was here to leave your home region, to leave your job, to all these things. I don't understand fully the culture of the time. If there was a seasonal break, maybe he was on to be able to come down and do this. Um, We know he is a fisherman. We see that later in other passages. It's just kind of interesting to consider these things. You know, he's very far from home and he's following John the Baptist and he's apparently in his area living with him or living near him in the wilderness in kind of a rugged place. And then when he they followed Jesus, they ask him, you know, where are you staying? And Jesus brings them to where he was staying and they stay with him. So it doesn't look like they have anything with them. It doesn't look like they had to go get their stuff from somewhere else. Like they're just kind of roughing it down here, listening to these teachers. And this must have been a very exciting time for people to have left everything to come down and listen to this teaching, to for it to be really groundbreaking and to be something that you were willing to sacrifice for. And maybe they would stay as long as they could and they go back and work for a while and they'd come back. Not really sure, but it is kind of interesting to look at that. And I do think we kind of need to consider this is where John, the Gospel of John, gives us a lot more information at this stage of the ministry of Jesus than the other Gospels do. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke kind of skip over this part and go right into like the full, full ministry of Jesus. In fact, if you go to Matthew 4, which is where we would have been if we were following this chronologically, It seems to coincide with the account of John, the gospel of John, because it talks about him returning to Galilee. It talks about him calling his disciples. But actually, if you look at this kind of mapped out chronologically from when the time, from what was actually happening, from how we understand it, it looks like there was an initial calling of some of the disciples by Jesus. And then there was some ministry that Jesus partook in like the the marriage dinner where he turns water into wine, some of the conversations that he has, like with Nicodemus and John 3, these seem to kind of be on the fringe of the, the beginning of his full, full ministry. It's kind of like he's warming up after the baptism and after the temptation to get into where he's addressing religious leaders, etc. So this period of ministry isn't referenced in the other gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke pick up the account after the temptation of Jesus by going into more the full-fledged ministry of Jesus. And they have a calling there that's separate involving Peter and Andrew, his brother, as well as James and John, who are brothers who become part of his disciples. The John of which is the one who writes the gospel of John. So he obviously knows because he's there, right? So this is kind of interesting to me that the other gospels move very quickly on with the ministry of Jesus. John, who was there, again, he is able to speak to this uniquely, it seems. 
And he gives us quite a bit more of it happens kind of in these prequel almost years. And it's not really a prequel because his ministry had started, the ministry of Jesus had started. But John's kind of giving us a glimpse into those early weeks and months of living with Jesus before this thing really got going. And there is like a secondary calling, it seems like, of John and James and of Andrew and Peter that is coming later. And the other gospels cover that too. So It can be confusing if you think they're all talking about the same trip to Galilee and they're all talking about the same calling of the disciples. They're not. John right now is going through like this early phase in the ministry of Jesus. And he's the only one that talks about this phase. He's the only one that talks about the wedding. He's the only one that talks about Nicodemus and his visit. So let's just keep that in mind. We're going to pause our progress on the other gospels for now. We'll pick up back with them when we're in the same time period. And for now, we're going to be focusing on John. So I hope that makes sense. Let's get back to the text here. So verse 40, Andrew went and got his brother, Simon Peter. Jesus renames him Cephas, which is Aramaic for rock. And then 43, it says, on the next day, Jesus wanted to depart for Galilee and he found Philip. So what's interesting here again is Jesus wants to go back to Galilee and we are not in Galilee right now. We're down where John the Baptist was baptizing in the region of the Judean wilderness, you know, near the Jordan, there is all this region down there that's more by Jerusalem and that area south, south of Jerusalem. And like, let's see, west of the Dead Sea, probably from what we can deduce from the Judean wilderness aspect of it. So this is where they have been. Find this on a map if you can, so you can kind of see what I'm talking about. And now the next day after he calls Peter and Andrew, and then the other disciple who was a follower of John the Baptist, who is that other disciple? We aren't given the name. Maybe it was John. We don't know for sure, but I think it was probably John because John and Andrew both involve their brothers in the ministry of Jesus, it looks like. But we're not told, but John doesn't really refer to himself very often in the text. He'll kind of skim over himself as not being important. Um, So it could be it was John. So we're getting down here to verse 43. Jesus wants to go back to Galilee and he finds Philip. And Jesus says to him, follow me. And it says, now Philip was from Bethsaida, the town of Andrew and Peter. So They are not in Bethsaida right now, from what we can see, right? From what we know, because the last thing that we knew was that they were hanging out with John the Baptist and the disciples followed Jesus and they find the place where he's staying there that night and they stay with him. And the next day, Andrew goes and gets his brother and Jesus interacts with him. And the next day after that, Jesus is ready to go back to Galilee, but he finds Philip first and he says to him, follow me. And then it's saying, by the way, Philip was from Bethsaida the town of Andrew and Peter. Now, if we look up Bethsaida on our map, let's do that really quick. I'm just going to go to the back of my study Bible and take a look at my map, which is Palestine at the time of Jesus. Yeah, Bethsaida is way up here by the Sea of Galilee. It's on the Sea of Galilee. So it's way further north than where we think this is taking place. So again, what's Philip doing down here? He probably was there because of John the Baptist. You know, these men had traveled to hear this guy talking, this mover and shaker. And we're assuming that, but it seems to make sense. So then it says, and Jesus said to him in verse 43, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the town of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found the one whom Moses wrote about in the law 
and the prophets wrote about, Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. And then Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, Come and see. Let's go back to our map real quick. And let's remind ourselves where Nazareth is. Bethsaida is on the Sea of Galilee, a coastal town. And then Nazareth is south of the Sea of Galilee and quite a bit west. Now, I'm just assuming this. I don't know that much about the region, but I know that Nazareth is kind of considered to be a little country. (laughs) And it could be Bethsaida just because it's near Capernaum. It's near all these other towns here on on the Sea of Galilee. I'm sure it had more commerce. I'm sure it had more industry. It's off of the Sea of Galilee. You know, there's quite a bit here that would recommend that Bethsaida was probably a better town to live in than Nazareth was. And the idea of Nazareth, you know, can anything good come out of Nazareth? There's a little bit of local um, rivalry, it seems here, um, a little bit of condescension towards the town Jesus is from. And then Philip says to him, come and see. So then verse 47, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and he said about him, look, a true Israelite in whom is no deceit. And Nathanael said to him, from where do you know me? And Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to all of you. So at this point, he's talking to Andrew and Peter and probably John and Philip and Nathaniel. Truly, truly, I say to all of you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. So that is really cool. This initial group that Jesus has of these men. And you see the intentionality here behind Jesus finds Philip, and and as I love that, that he wants to go to Galilee, but he finds Philip first. Jesus knows that Philip's going to go get Nathaniel, you know? So there's an interesting play here of Jesus wants to go to Galilee, but before he does, he's like, I'm going to go find Philip, and then Philip's going to go get Nathaniel, and they'll both come, and then we'll have our little initial group, right? So it's just kind of neat to see the planning there of God and how he involved Philip in being able to pull Nathaniel into the group. That's really neat, actually, to think about that. Oh, we're out of time, so I am going to shut this down, and we will start up again in Lesson 18, coming in for the wedding at Cana, actually. So that's exciting.